And on the eve of uh, Fana Bafana's game and on a big, big day for South Africa's much-loved legend, that was our tribute there to the birthday, 43 years old, I think he claims to be, Benny McCarthy. So happy birthday, uh, superstar. Thank you very much for all you contributed uh, towards the national team. And talking about uh, thank yous, Radio 2097.2 to 100 FM uh, gave us great radio with the Tlenzito Superdrive Clan. Nati Lelumzatla, thank you so much. We salute your work. And, of course, the King Suite, royalty of radio. It's spectacular, Naves and Yukumalo. Make a note of them every single day in the afternoon metrovm 96.4 fm great stuff and like we normally do we do take the instruction from lindy sirame uh, she says award-winning content on marawa sports worldwide it is indeed we will endeavor to do that tonight because the breaking news story that you would have been picking up on social media we're going to bring to your radio we've had to adjust a whole lot of things to make sure that we bring you the story and bring it to you as fresh as it can get. So here we go. Let me paint the picture. In case you're busy at work and you just got into the car, you're driving home. We'll, we'll take you home very, very safely. And that drama just never seems to end as far as Cricket SA is concerned. And just when you think that the storm is finally subsiding, it literally pours even more. Now, the plot has thickened. There's the latest episode centering around the newly appointed board, uh, the interim board. And I say newly <laughs> because it was just when last week when the sports minister, Nadim Tato, stood on the podium, read out those names, told the entire South Africa what he expected from them. And now they are gone. Or are they? I don't know. We'll find out shortly. And just like that, they have been fired by the members' council who have cited some of the Lack of trust in the board. Lack of trust. And strangely, they were part of the appointment in conjunction with the Department of Sport. But it's, it's no longer raining. It's, it's literally flooding as far as Cricket SA is concerned. And it's our great honor and privilege to be chatting uh, to CSA Interim Board Chairperson, uh, Judge Zach Yakub, who joins me on the line. Judge, thank you so much indeed uh, for your time and agreeing to chat to us here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Thank you very much. It is an absolute honor to chat to you and to have contact with with your listeners. Thank you very much. It's obviously a, a big, big story because we were expecting a great deal as far as the cleanup of Cricket SA is concerned when the interim board was announced by the minister. It had all the hallmarks of good work hopefully being done with the interim board. Now, the latest salvo that has been sparked how have you accepted this, Judge? Because, I mean, your, your work has hardly begun. Let me say where we are. As we understood it, we were mandated by the minister to do all we could to clean up South African cricket. And we accepted that mandate because we, draw, we thought it was very important in the public interest. There was an agreement between the minister and CSA that they would regularize the position and appoint us as proper directors with full powers so that we could fix it. We got onto the job and we began treading on toes immediately before we were appointed. It is for that reason, actually, that uh, the board has decided not to appoint us because they understand now 
that by appointing us, it is never going to be business as usual. We are going to be very careful and we are going to investigate everything. So there have been lots of obstruction placed in our way. We have been brushing aside that obstruction all the time. And now they have decided that there is no other way for them but not to appoint us because we are going to get in the way. That's the only problem. We are going to get in the way of what I suspect, the many things that they are hiding. So our position is that formally, obviously, we have not been appointed as directors. It has not been done. The minister has given us a mandate publicly, which we have accepted publicly. And we are going to carry on, leaving no stone unturned, doing whatever we can, whether the administration cooperates with us or not, whether the board cooperates with us or not, to leave no stone unturned to do the cleanup. You see, by not appointing us as directors, they have not made our job impossible. They have just made it more difficult, and we as the board are open to that, and we will do it. The Harun Lorgat issue and all those things are simply so smoke screens because they were there when Harun Lorgat was announced as a member of the board, the acting president sat quietly by and listened to all of it and listened to all our speeches and so on Mm -hmm. and waited and waited. He tried to co-opt me on the telephone and he failed because I said, we're going to do our work absolutely independently. And this is the result. The result is that if you don't get a board that cooperates with you, then you rely, you rely on technicalities. We are for justice. We are not for technicalities. And we want the public and the players to know that we will do all we can to fix it as long as the ministerial mandate remains. I think I've said enough. You, you said somebody tried to co-opt you on the phone, uh, Judge. I, I didn't get the, 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 the name oh, no, of the no, person. The acting president said, you know, if we work together, it will be fine. So I said, hmm. no, I, I'm sorry, this is not the game. We're not going to shake hands and work together like that. We've been appointed as an independent board by the minister. And we are going to work independently, and we're going to do our own job independently. We are not going to be told by the members' council what to do. We're not going to be told by the executive what to do. We're not going to be told by the minister what to do. And interestingly, while the minister accepted that he can't tell us what to do, it is the members' council that's walking at the notion. If I had said, yes, very good, Mr. President, let's shake hands and work together and cause no waves and get it all right properly, he would have been in a hail fellow shaking hands mood. Unfortunately, I said, that is not our job. Our job is to in, in independently investigate you, and if in the process we have to upset some other cards, we will do so. The, the confusion from my side, Judge, 
and and do help me here, is is what they were insinuating, and I'm going to quote here, saying that uh, there's been a conflict of interest relating to a proposed member, which would obviously be Haroon Lagard. Uh, you've dealt with that now. Then they talk about opposition uh, to outlined roles, responsibilities, and reporting lines as outlined in the Memorandum of Incorporation, unprofessional conduct, non-cooperation, and misalignment. How okay. and when would all of this have happened? Let me say that all that is nonsense. They are big words which mean nothing. And basically, you should ask him what he means. What happened, actually, was that we said that as long as we are appointed as independent directors with the powers that the directors have in terms of the articles of association of the company today, as long as we have those full powers, we are prepared to work with them. And we said that if we are given those full powers, and I said to you earlier that not being given those full powers means our job is more difficult. It's not impossible. It's more difficult, but we'll still crack it. We said to them, give us the full powers on the board because that's what you agreed to do. And that is what they are refusing to do. The administration refuses to talk to the board because they are in the hands of the members' council. And... Um, so we'd have to find another way of cracking this nut. And I have been in the struggle, guys, for a very long time. I worked in the underground of the African National Congress. We did a whole range of things to crack apartheid. And I will make absolutely sure I leave no stone unturned to crack cricket. And I will do it absolutely honestly and absolutely properly, and they will have to account. The terms of reference, Judge, you've received those, and who yes. would you be answerable to? Okay. The question is not answerable. It's a bit more delicate. Okay. Because the minister has appointed us and mandated us as an independent board. And so basically, we have accepted appointment by the minister as an independent board, and we're going to be independent of everybody. Of course, we'll have to say to the minister what we have been doing and what our problems are and what, uh, what the obstacles have been, which I have been doing. And of course, the minister can make recommendations to us about what we should do. He cannot instruct us what we should do. And Natim Setwa has been wonderfully good about this, and he has made it clear that he is never going to tell us what to do. He will make recommendations, and we will decide what we are going to do. So that is decided, and so we will carry on with, with our mandate as per the mandate that we have received from Nati Tetwa. That does not mean that we are government people. It means that we are independent people who will do what we need to do. I'm not sure whether I've answered your question. If I haven't, just uh, draw my attention to it. No, no, 100%. I mean, I'll, I'll come back to an, an issue, but you have answered that one. And uh, I think the one that I needed clarity on before even continuing, because I think it is an important one, is when yeah. you referred uh, to the acting president uh, regarding the the contact that you had with them. Would that be the reference to the acting members council chairperson, Rion Richards? 
Yes, he calls himself the acting president. Apparently, that's okay. his title. Okay, okay. No, 100%. And, 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 and on, on, I must say that okay. he's a very difficult man. He talks all sorts of lovely cooperative language um, when he's talking in public and so on. But his conduct is always absolutely and totally obstructive. So he has learned the art, and I'll ask all journalists and the public to watch him. He knows how to make these wonderful press statements, and then he goes and does something completely different. I don't know what's on with him, but that is my opinion. And I'm saying that in the public interest, because I think the public should know, Mm-hmm. And I know that he might consider suing me for defamation. And if he does, that is part of the job, and I will take it. Was there a threat from your side to fire the company secretary? There was not a threat from our side to fire the company secretary. But... It seems that there have been some leakages from the board. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you what I can tell you. Uh, and you'll understand that it will be a little bit more complicated than that. I called the company secretary to account on the basis of the Bodan 5A arrangement that I will become the chair of a board properly appointed in terms of the agreement with the minister. The company secretary was impertinent. He described me as a third party in the process in an email. And when he described me as a third party in the process, I thought that that was a huge insult to the board. My own view is that if we are appointed as the board or if we have any power, I would like to suspend him as company secretary because if he treats a person who is a chairperson of an interim board carrying out a mandate by the minister as a third party, that tells absolute volumes. So I'm going a little beyond my mandate. Sure. But the board might reject it. I'm essentially a democratic guy. But uh, if we get on board, and I think that's what they're afraid of. What happened was that this trouble between us occurred on the email a couple of days ago. We described me as a third party and so on. And we had quite a, a difficult interaction in which I put my foot down. So what management did is that they complained to the members' council. And that's why you will see a paragraph in the members' council about how we have been bad to the management con- uh, to to the executive. We have been bad to the executive because if they are properly appointed, they must follow our instructions, and they have been bucking us. And I don't stand for people bucking us. The issue around the Funduzi report. The, the, the undiluted Fonduzzi report, the one that was not circulated publicly as it should and which was being preserved, can I just ask you a frank question, whether the interim board has been able to see the undiluted Fonduzzi report? 
have been able to see the undiluted fundancy report. We have looked at it very carefully. We have views on it. The, the, a board subcommittee appointed has definite views on it, and I was part of that subcommittee. And I just want to say to the South African public that it is better in relation to that report and what we do with it for me to consult the board, uh, for us, the subcommittee, to consult the board before we come out. But we have looked at it, we have views on it, and we think that there are very serious problems in that regard. And I suspect, and this I am overstepping my mandate again a little, Mm. I suspect that the executive has some idea because they picked up some things we said at our meetings and they leaked it to the press. I didn't know where they got it from. So I suspect they have some idea what we are thinking about the Fundancy Report, and that is one of the reasons why they want us out of the way. But in good time, we will disclose our approach in relation to the Fundancy Report, either as members of the interim board or as the ministerially mandated independent board who the members' council refused to accept, but who refuses to step down and who insists on performing its public function. Because that undiluted Fonditi report has implicated the very same, some of the very same members that don't want you there. And that obviously doesn't sit well with those that have been implicated, and that is why they gave out a select Fonduzzi report to the public. And the, there, was a, there was something you mentioned, Judge, and I just want your opinion on it, because yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's almost a, a, a direct response that has come through this late this afternoon. And it, it says, dear, I mean, it, it was literally a case of notification. Mm-hmm. Um noting that the Members' Council has resolved to not appoint the proposed board as directors of CSA. And as such, this proposed board has no legal standing in CSA. They've been requested by the Members' Council to discontinue representing themselves as representatives Mm -hmm. of CSA as they have no such authority to do so. Now, as such, you know, the instruction or communication of any of the staff members on the proposed interim board is considered illegitimate and illegal and, um, and not to take any such instruction, but rather advise uh, the executive yeah. accordingly. And, and, and that would have been an instruction as well uh, that would yeah. have come through from the acting yeah. uh, chief executive officer. I'm, I'm sure you're yeah. mindful of that. Absolutely. So, so let me say this. The, the issue really is is a slightly different one, mm. which is how far the board can go. And as you see from the correspondence, the members' council is trying to limit the interim board as much as possible. And if we cave into their limitations, we'll be wonderful people and we'll be fine. It is precisely because we refuse to cave in to what they wish us to do. It is precisely because we are questioning the executive and we are questioning the members' council that they don't like it. So all I can say again 
is that it is obvious why they do not want to appoint us. And and I and they're breaching the agreement with the minister to appoint us that the minister can look after. But what I want to say to the public, to the members of council, and to the players, that we are still there to be reckoned with. And we do not need their recognition to do our work properly because we know that people who may potentially have something to hide have an interest not to recognize us. And I would suggest that the only way in which the Members' Council can show to the world and to the country that they have nothing to hide is to recognize us and give us full authority. Otherwise, in my mind, they are hugely suspect, and I think in the public mind too, they will be hugely suspect. If they have nothing to hide, Lorgat or otherwise, they should just say, we have nothing to hide. Come along, independent board. Carry on with your work. Ask us whatever you want to ask us. Take whatever authority you want and get on with it. But they don't say that. They don't say that because the skeletons are there. What they don't understand is that we will find the skeletons with or without their cooperation. And interestingly enough, Judge, as you mentioned that, it's also important for us to stress the the powers that the minister has. And I know that uh, Fidoz Munda, uh, South African correspondent uh, for ESPN uh, Crick Info, did cite in her article this afternoon that Mtato has got the power uh, to withdraw funding from CSA and also to strip them of the status as the governing body of cricket in South Africa. So those powers already vested in him. He has asked yourselves, as well as the rest of the interim board, to step in and play a role. So maybe they might not be mindful of the powers that he does possess, to make life even more difficult for the already difficult state that Cricket SA finds itself in? You see, it's a very difficult one. Because on the one hand, one feels a bit angry sometimes and thinks he might as well withdraw the power. But really, I don't want that to happen. Cricket must happen in this country. And our cricket is an asset which we must protect and nurture and enjoy and make it absolutely right. So if the minister is forced to it, he may be forced to it. I would prefer uh, trying to avoid that option as much as possible. And I think that the decision is between, and that is the decision of CFA Members' Council, they actually have to decide. Do we push the minister to cause damage to cricket, because they'll be pushing the minister to do that, or do we allow this independent board in and let them make their findings? And in the end, the only decision I think any sensible cricket South Africa could make 
is that we don't want to suffer that trouble. And that's why we might as well let the board in and let them do their investigation as long as our cricket continues. My trouble is, I don't think that the Members' Council is interested enough in cricket as distinct from being interested in itself to take that decision. If it was interested in cricket, my brother, what it would say immediately is, please, we understand there is this danger, Minister. We don't want this to happen. We grant full authority to board. Come and do your work. And I think that uh, the public is listening. I hope some people in cricket are listening. Members' Council has to make a very important decision. They are responsible for the death or otherwise of cricket. There almost seems to be a privatization of cricket and self-interest first in terms of cricket. The minister would have been well aware, in my opinion, of what is in that undiluted Funduzi report. And if there would have been any conflict with the Harun Longart in that, he would have been mindful and he would have ticked it off and he wouldn't have included him in that board. So, for so me, no, no, that... no. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Let me tell the public about that, please, quickly. That go I can talk about. Okay. Please, can I do that? Please, go ahead, Judge. Okay. So, there is in the Panzutti report uh, four or five pages which show a number of loans which were made to cricket while Harun was the executive. And <clears throat> those loans were made and they've not been paid back by the provinces. I was shocked by the amount of those loans. But unfortunately, I think like you, I don't understand millions and billions as, as executives do. But there were huge loans to provinces to do a whole range of things. Harun admits and he has said to me that as executive CEO, he did approve those loans. But because at that time, there was a global thing that was going to happen. And therefore, provinces needed to upgrade the stadia to cater for these things. So the loans were made. Harun resigned afterwards. And then he says to us, that the global didn't go on and was substituted by the MSC. And when it was substituted by the MSC, there were lots of losses suffered and the people couldn't pay. Now, there's no complaint against Harun and having made the wrong decision or anything. And I have given an undertaking in a letter to, uh, to Richard and orally to the Members' Council, that I understand this issue, and I've given them an absolute undertaking, that if these provincial loans are discussed, I will insist that Lord Garth recuse himself on that issue. And Harun made it public that he will agree to recuse himself. He says, I don't need to ask him. Harun says, whenever the provincial loan issue is concerned, he will recuse himself. And that's the problem. 
once if Harun recused himself on the provincial loan issue, mm. then all their problem goes away. So this is all smoke screening. What it's really about, and they're looking for small, small things to poke a finger here and there to obstruct us because they have got something to hide. Judge, I just want to thank you so much. And uh, I would have wanted to go on. I respect the fact that you do have a press conference tomorrow. I, I do respect the fact that you felt the need to address the nation tonight. And um, we are indebted to you. And we will follow no, the story no, very, very closely. I, I thought yeah. I should do it. And I'm open. People must ask whatever questions I want. And as far as I'm concerned, I am in this. I have nothing to gain personally from this exercise. I have done in my life what I need to do. Mm. I am interested in cricket. I love cricket. I want to fix it. And I want to assure the members, um, may I use your program to assure the members of the public and the players. I think the players are the most important of them all. Sorry, because Judge. Sorry, Judge, to come in. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just have to take a quick spot break. We'll pick right. up on the players when we come back. Just a few seconds, Good. and we'll be back with you. Thanks, thanks, Judge. Marawa Sports Worldwide. We've got the sports minister, Mr. Natim Tante. We had uh, exhausted all the avenues of trying to make sense of Najim, the board itself, uh, where you had people who were just resisting. But we want them. We want them. We told them that uh, we are not the kind of people who are trigger happy. But if we have to pull the trigger, we won't hesitate. We made it clear uh, from the beginning. We preempted them. And we told them that we know what you do when you want people to back off, especially ministers of government. You then talk about the ISIS. People were messing up creatures here at home, immediately hearing them having this shield, which is ICC, a scarecrow, actually, uh, which is ICC. We said, no, but this can't be correct. Hashtag NSW. And for all of your reaction, 0605842250, that's the WhatsApp voice note number as we try and unpack the issue around the cricket essay and what has transpired uh, late this afternoon. The judge that is on the line today who's given us uh, his time to uh, clear the end, that CSA interim board chairperson, Judge Zach Jacob, who has been indulging us uh, since we started the show. Uh, I did cut you off, and, and thank you so much for your understanding, Judge. Um, when you were about to raise the issue of the players. But before that, can I say something to you? Not a problem. Don't treat me with too much respect. Your job as an independent journalist is you have to challenge me if I say anything that you think is troublesome. And I understand that because I'm a judge, you find it difficult. But I'm here for the public and for the public benefit. And if you need to push me on anything and test my answers, just be absolutely free to do so. Because I think that's how the truth really comes out. Absolutely. Judge, I agree with you. Too much, it won't come out. No, okay. no we, 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 we've had one with uh, Judge Bennett and Weber the other day, and uh, trust me, um, I think today it's to lay the foundation. I wasn't sure how much time we had with you, uh, so that respect merely comes from trying to just, you know, um, extract as much as we no, can. No, no, I understand. But yeah, all I'm yeah. saying is, I, I just want to say, don't feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Because this is the territory. I'm not a judge in this matter. I have decided to participate in 
a public interest issue, and I'm totally accountable to the public, and I understand that well. And, and I so, do appreciate your honesty in terms of that. Thank you. So let's go back. So the players are the most important. And one of the things in the Fandulzi report is quite fascinating. Uh, the, and I won't mention any names because that's why they want it to be confidential. And the board hasn't yet decided it will be thrown out. Uh, we'll make the whole thing public or how. But I'm going to take that risk and maintain, uh, tell you about one aspect of it without mentioning names. So in 2018, and my numbers are approximate, mm. the players entered into a contract with Cricket South Africa that for the MFL, they will be paid 2.3 million rand, which in the context of the budget of Cricket South Africa of for 2 billion rand or something, really a small amount of money for players to participate in the MSL. They were going to pay in December of 2018. The invoices were submitted to them in January 2018. And they only paid the players in October 2018 after reducing their claim as a result of negotiations from 2.5 billion to 2.2 or 2.3 million or something, mm. which is what the powerful have always done. The bosses do it to their domestic workers, the people do it to players, and because you've got to pay them money and because the players want it, you push them very, very hard, and they pay 2.3 or 2.3 million in the whole matter for all the players' activities in Fandutsi, two or 300,000 rand less. Fandutsi didn't with this, but I am very interested in what the bottom line was in this. Because ordinarily, the players should have been played first. And I am certain, my instinct tells me, that what we will find is some players' representatives uh, treated somebody in the executive or in the board, in their view, improperly with impertinence or cheek or something. And then the executive or the board said, we'll fix you up, we won't pay you quickly. So what you do is you starve the players in order to get your way. So the, the, the report says that the amount was paid, the amount was paid 11 months, 10 months late. What the report doesn't deal with is why somebody was trying to achieve some objective. And I'm sorry to use the word, uh, but sometimes... Straight talk is better. Mm. They were trying to screw the players for some reason, paying them eight months late. And I think that is horrible in the light of the whole budget. And, and within your team, you would have a representative who has the interest of the players at heart. 
children. And who would be able to add credence in terms of what you're saying. Yes. And the problem then is my board is going to scold me tomorrow because my report saying this has not yet reached the board. I decided to share it with the public first, but hopefully they'll forgive me. Absolutely. Absolutely, Judge. And as of tomorrow... Your work continues. Is that where we should leave it? That we no matter what has been said? Continue. We are going to mm-hmm. carry on with the mandate given to us by the minister. And if the cricket council, if the members' council don't want to appoint us, there are many, many ways of killing the cat, my brother, as you know. Yeah. And we will do it. I've got Tepo on the line, Judge. Let's just quickly take him before I release you. Uh, Tepo, good evening. You've got a question for the judge. Uh, Mr. Robert, how are you, sir? I'm um, great, thanks. Go ahead. Just a quick question to the couple of questions to the judge. Mm-hmm. One, who does the interim board report to in terms of their mandate? Number two is that I think the judge has been fed uh, selective information about the global T20 it not happening and MSL being the replacement. MSL happened because T20 failed, if facts are correct. Right. So did the judge interrogate that, or did he take Mr. Logger's word as his board member, or did he interrogate it any further, and what means did he use to interrogate it? Thank you. All right, Sepa, thank you so much indeed. So, let me handle the more difficult second issue first. We yes. are not taking Mr. Logger's word. We have made it plain to him that when this issue is raised, he will not participate in the conversation and we will deal with it appropriately and properly. So I have no favors to all Lord God, and as far as I'm concerned, I will treat him like any other member of the board or the public. We are all nice to each other and so on, but independence uh, requires something different. Mm. Now, what was the first question? Answering the uh, second uh, one, I forgot the it, first. It, yeah, no, not to worry. He, he spoke about something that you had dealt with because I asked you that in the start of the interview about who you report to, and oh, yeah, you yeah. were quite clear. Yeah. So, uh, if if I if we were appointed to the board, then obviously the board. And the members' council, in terms of the articles of, 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 of association, have a relationship. It is an interactive relationship, as happens, because the, 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 the members' council is the big body which meets very seldom, and the board does the day-to-day things, and the board does the operational things, and the board then, once a year or something, doesn't take instructions from the members' council every day. But from time to time, the board, if it was properly appointed, would report to the members' council and get uh, its views on the issue. So if we were appointed properly as a board at appropriate time, we would not be accountable to the members' council, but we would report to the members' council, and the members' council, it, it won't be the members' council deputy, the acting president, who can push us around, the members' council will have a full meeting. We report to them. We will explain to them, and we will see what we can do. So we would have reported to the members' council at that level if they had properly appointed us. Now, 
They haven't properly appointed us. So now we are an independent board. We carry out the mandate of the minister, which we have publicly agreed to do. Now, to cause mischief, the members' council have sought to imply that we are now reporting to the minister. It's mischief-making because they're trying to say that we are not independent, which is absolute nonsense. And anyone who knows me will know that I don't kowtow to any government minister. Thank you. I have made that very clear again and again, and I make that clear now. But we have agreed publicly to carry out the mandate of the minister. If we are properly appointed, we will report in terms of our interpretation of the Companies Act and the Articles of Association, both of which I understand, Mm. and both of which I promise you the company secretary does not understand, and I make that quite clear now. And we, we would have reported. But now, we're carrying out the mandate of the minister. It is a good mandate. It is a public mandate. We will carry it out properly and appropriately. We will not report to the minister in that negative sense of the word. I will keep the minister informed. I will ask him and his office for advice about which way we should go. And as an independent board, we will take those ideas and that advice seriously. But we will not obey anybody. We will not obey the interim board. We will not obey the minister. We will take into account everything everyone says and try and make an independent decision. That doesn't mean that we're always going to be right. Because in the end, we're all human beings. We try our best. And all I can say is that I have a board, including Harun, in which I have absolute confidence, and we will work together to fix it. And I can talk so strongly, not because of myself, Mm. but because I have absolute confidence in this wonderful board. I've got two minutes to clear this one. And... I think it's also just causing a bit of confusion. And maybe let me get a final word with you regarding that. That issue of the terms of reference and whether those, if they are and they do exist, if they were shared with the the Members' Council. My understanding is that the Members' Council knew everything, not the Members' Council as such. Mm. I suspect that the Minister, and I don't know, right? I suspect that what happened was that the minister liaised and his people liaised with people in cricket, and Richards must have been one of them. And what I'm sure about is that the minister was satisfied because he is not a stupid man, the minister. He was satisfied before he appointed us that he had the blessing of everyone to appoint us and that all that was necessary was to make the appointment regular. And he was right in thinking so, because remember that the members' council people were present on the day when the minister made his statement appointing us and stating it, and nobody said a word. And nobody said a word on Sunday either. 
So everyone knew about the terms of reference were discussed on uh, on the day of our appointment. I'm sure they were discussed with the members' council because the minister would not have pushed the terms of reference down their throat. But if they weren't, they were known by the day of our appointment. And if there was any objection that they had to take to the terms of reference, the council should have done so then. If they had any objection to Harun Lorgat, they should have done so then. Mm. But they were trying to keep for touch, you see. And they waited. And unfortunately, this rugby match goes for, for, for months and months and months so that you don't have to decide your kick for touch in two or three minutes. So they've had the luxury of kicking for touch for too long. Judge, I think it's a fair place to leave it for tonight. And I want to thank you so very much again. You know, that analogy of kicking for touch when dealing with cricket issues, um, yeah, it, it, it says a lot. And we will be monitoring. We've had to cover cricket uh, for the bulk of the lockdown because there have been so many issues. And we will continue to do that. We'll continue to give the listeners the kind of report card that they deserve. And as it builds up, the more robust our conversations will be. And I do welcome all of that because cricket has got to be sorted out one way or the other. We cannot have this Allow me a minute to make a small personal cut since everybody is listening. Right. You know, these TV commentators must realize that blind people also listen to their commentaries. And in these days of no radio, please, man, can you ask them to tell us a little bit more about what's happening in the game and comment on the TV thing as if all of us can see? That's a personal gripe which irritates me a great deal. And I thought I should use the opportunity to get some benefit on that one. Thank you so much, Judge. They are all listening. They are all listening tonight. Thank you very, very much. And good luck with the task at hand. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much. That's the Judge Zach Yakub who's been chatting to us there. He's the Cricket SA interim board chairperson, says that their work continues and nothing will stop them. If they are not going to be recognized, he will and his team continue to do the work as an independent board because they've not been properly appointed. So whether appointed or not appointed, the work that the minister has given to them will continue. It never stops, does it? Kanyasi Lemanyoni will know all about it because right now she's standing by to tell us what's happening in the world. Robert, as long as there are gatekeepers there in the cricket, cricket SA, we will never see transformation happening. So um, hopefully the minister is ready, the Ministry of Sport is ready to push back uh, in whatever these councillors are trying to do, uh, in whatever Afriforum is trying to do. So we must push back. We must reclaim our sport. It must be a South African sport. It cannot be a sport for a certain race. So I stand with the new independent board. It's Sizwe in Pretoria. Thank you. Uh, Daro, I'm listening to the judge here. I'm so impressed. I don't know all the facts. But I like the boldness, the clear, 
Big thanks to Kenya Silamanyoni for giving us the uh, the news at the top of the hour.